And welcome to the Twins Wrap with Dick Bramer, the intelligent voice of the Minnesota Twins. Derek Hansen with you. It's brought to you by Jefferson Lines. And boy, sadly, Dick, it's the first time in a long time that you and I have said the Twins are looking up in the standings. Yeah, uh, Cleveland uh, won last night. Twins had an off day, and we'll get back to uh, both teams uh, having the same number of games between uh, um, uh, uh, having the same number of games played next Monday when the Indians have uh, the off day and the Twins uh, play. And I'll be very curious to see where the Twins are. There's been a lot of angst, of course, because the Twins had the big lead, and now they're looking up by uh, a half game to uh, the Cleveland Indians. But I wouldn't at all be surprised if by next Monday when the Twins play, uh, the White Sox at home and the Indians have the off day, whether the Twins uh, uh, wouldn't be back uh, in first place in the American League Central, where they've been since, what, late April. Yeah, two things on that. First of all, I, I joked last night on uh, Facebook. I posted Brad Hand should go by Carlos Santana dinner for the next uh, yeah, after the last forty eight hours <laughs> for, uh, up until two thousand twenty, bailing him out twice, blowing a couple saves. But also, you know, Cleveland in a normal year, I think Minnesota would still have a pretty good lead over Cleveland, playing just above five hundred baseball since June. But Cleveland, as it was said many times last night in the broadcast on ESPN. They're just the best team in baseball since early June. Yeah, the Twins were that uh, for a good part of the first two months. Uh, the Twins basically won two out of three games for the first couple months of the year and uh, grabbed a lot of uh, national attention, justifiably. And the Indians now, since uh, you know the early part of June, they've been playing at over a 700 clip. So that's how good they've been. And the Twins... Uh, uh, had the big lead, it's gone more because the Indians have been on fire than because the Twins have collapsed since the the date, what, June 3rd, when the Twins had the 11-and-a-half game lead. They're still playing over 500 ball, uh, but they've stopped winning two out of three, and the Indians have almost won three out of four ever since. Yeah, it's amazing what they're able to do. It ju- does show, though, what consistent starting pitch he can do, and you lose a guy like Corey Kluber, and Yet you get some rookies coming up, and this Bieber kid comes out of nowhere. He becomes an all-star, and Clevenger is always rock solid. That really is the difference, isn't it? Well, that in the back of the rotation. They've had guys uh, called up uh, who've really filled uh, in well. Aaron Savali was really good the other day at Target Field. Um, Adam Plutko was good the night before that. And, you know, they're all they're different pitchers, but they all do two things really well. They don't walk people, and they keep the ball in the ballpark. And when you do that, you pitch ahead, as they've done, uh, you should have some success. So what the Twins need to do, and you got to remember that there's still more than a quarter of the season left. Uh, the Twins just need to get back to the type of play uh, they exhibited the first two months. And if they return to health, uh, I fully expect uh, that that'll happen. I think this is going to be a great race going down to the final week. Yeah, I guess I always say just to keep me really intrigued all the way to August. I guess they didn't need to be so literal when it comes to it as far as me being a Twins fan. But and you mentioned the health part of it. You know, Nelson Cruz, man, getting hurt at a very inopportune time. And you and I have talked a thousand times now about Byron Buxton being the elixir to this lineup at that ninth spot, turning it over to Kepler. But it's really an unfortunate thing missing him. You could make the point, I think, uh, accurately that Cruz and Buxton are the two most dynamic players uh, in the Twins' uh, uh, position player roster because Byron can do things on a baseball field that other people simply can't 
can't do. I mean, he has talents. No one with the Astros has his skill set. No one with the Yankees has his skill set. They just need to figure out a way to keep him on the field. And Nelson Cruz, it, it may turn out to be, um, you know, a very thick silver lining, if you will, uh, when he blew out his wrist in the opening game in the Cleveland series. And now it looks like it could potentially be the best thing that's ever happened because the pain is gone and you've been dealing with it going back to opening day. So uh, if he can come back and get off the injured list, uh, you know, you probably wouldn't have been doing anything more than pinch hitting here in Milwaukee anyway. But if he can get back after the Texas series and step right into the third spot in the batting order with no pain in that left wrist, uh, the, that could be a you know a really positive thing for the Twins moving forward. You know, speaking of injuries, it would be nice to get Michael Pineda back, which is unfortunate because he is probably the most constant, consistent pitcher, but he goes on the shelf at a bad time too. Yeah, and the Twins' uh, rotation hasn't pitched as well uh, as they did the first two months. It's uh, hard to uh, ignore that fact. Uh, but, you know, this is an important week for the Twins, obviously. Uh, the two games here in Milwaukee, four in Texas. And if they can uh, just put together a little bit of a winning streak here and, and win some of these close games that they've been losing, uh, and they're fully capable of doing that, of course, uh, I have a feeling everybody in Twins territory is going to feel a whole lot better about this team's chances. I guess you mentioned that with the starters. Jake Odorizzi, I thought, thought looked pretty good at times. Got himself out of jams on Saturday night. Didn't pitch, you know, didn't go into the seventh inning. Or, but that's kind of what you're hoping for. And it is unfortunate. Brios, the last two outings, just hasn't really found his velocity and his way right now. Hopefully that can turn around quickly. He uh, threw a pitch toward the end of his outing on Sunday, uh, 95 miles per hour. And I took that as a very encouraging sign. Uh, because as you alluded to, his velocity had been down the last couple of starts. He gave up uh, some early runs that ended up costing the Twins Sunday against the Indians. To me, the the biggest issue with the Twins starting pitching uh, is Kyle Gibson. Now, twice uh, the Twins have led him in a series against the Indians, and in each case, it hasn't gone very well at all. In the case of Thursday night uh, against the Indians, he walked six men. While the Indians are peaking, they're the lineup is clicking. The last thing you can do is issue free passes, and Kyle issued a career-high six against Cleveland. So we'll see. He needs to be more aggressive in the strike zone, and if he can do that and he can get back on track, this is really going to be a fun finish, I think. Yeah, he kind of reminds me, and maybe you'll you'll disagree with me on this, but he reminds me of Scott Baker in a way where he really wants to paint those corners, but if he doesn't get those corners, then it's almost like they're lost. Does that make any sense? Am I? Yeah, it does, and if you're absolutely right. When he hits the corners, he does very well, and if he doesn't, then he is accused of nibbling, and, and Scott Baker was uh, accused of that as well. Um, so it's a matter of command, hitting your spots, uh, but particularly against a team, a lineup like Cleveland's, you just can't walk people because they will come around and score, and that was the case Thursday night. That is for sure. Let's uh, talk a little bit about this upcoming series against Milwaukee, and you know, it starts tonight with Martin Perez, which is scary. You know, Speaking of starting pitchy, he hasn't been very good, but there's really no other options unless they decide to switch spots maybe with a reliever or someone from the minor leagues. Yeah, I, I would imagine that Leith, uh, Leash has gone uh, uh, very short with uh, Martin Perez because he hasn't been able to uh, duplicate in the second half what he did in the first half when he had everybody encouraging. He may have, in the first half, pitched the best game this year 
for the Twins when he, you know, pretty much shut down the Astros for eight innings. Um, the options, as you said, aren't uh, uh, very attractive at this point because you'd like to have more veterans in your starting rotation down the stretch than unproven rookies like Lewis Thorpe or even Devin Smeltzer. So we'll have to wait and see how it goes here tonight, but I, I think that Martin understands that he needs to pitch a whole lot better. He needs to throw it over and uh, avoid the walks. Uh, and this is going to be, as I said, not a tough uh, road trip for the Twins because they've got two against a competitive Milwaukee team that's fighting for a division lead in the wild card spot. And then the Texas Rangers, too, have been, uh, I think, better than anyone thought. So we'll have to wait and see how Perez's start uh, goes on the front end of this road trip and whether he'll be given another one at the back end in Arlington. Yeah, against a very good Milwaukee team, too. This Brewers team, I mean, that, uh, that National League Central is tough. Well, the lineup is good. The Brewers have had some issues uh, both with their starting staff, which was anticipated, and they've also had some problems with the, the bullpen, uh, with the exception of Josh Hader. So uh, I expect we'll probably see a lot of runs scored in the two games here in Milwaukee, and we'll see if the Twins, as I said before, if they can win some of the close ball games here and get back on track. And, you know, this thing can turn on a dime. You know, the Indians got a lot of headlines because they beat the Red Sox in 10 innings last night, well, they're facing Chris Sale tonight. And we all know how tough he can be. And if the Red Sox even that series at a game apiece and the Twins win here tonight, then uh, the Twins will be back in front by a half game. We might be saying that a lot as we <laughs> towards September. Yeah. The way this is I, going. I really believe, Derek, this is going to be a great race. And, and it's not a one-team race as it's, I think, being perceived now across the country because the Indians, to their credit, have done a great job you know, 11 and a half games back in early June and to play at the level that they played for the length of time that they played uh, is really remarkable, but that's a, you know, cap, uh, you know, tip your cap to the Indians for doing that. The twins just need to uh, get healthy and get back on track. And I do believe this race is going to go down to the final week. It's so weird for me to say uh, at Miller Park, but we aren't going to be saying that in a couple of years. It almost seems un-American that Milwaukee is not going to be named after one of the big breweries there. Yeah, I, you know, the naming rights business, uh, that's uh, decided on by people far above my pay grade, uh, as I think I've shared with uh, your audience before. I'm still holding out some hope that as long as uh, uh, the target uh, field deal is uh, arranged with the Twins, that a regional bank, uh, Bremer Bank might step up and buy the naming <laughs> rights for the Twins ballpark. I just think that would be really cool to uh, go uh, to a ballpark and work that has the same name as I do. Well, that's really funny <laughs> that you mentioned that. But there is something, I mean, you know, Wrigley Field after the Wrigley family, we all know about the gum and all that. It's been there forever. If you are going to start off with one sponsor, I, I just wish you'd stick around. It gets very confusing. I still think of... You know, Jacobs Field, where the Red Sox and Indians were last night, as Jacobs Field to me, not Invesco Park or whatever it is. Right. We were in Seattle early, earlier this year, and they went from Safeco to a T-Mobile Park or whatever, and it does take a bit of an adjustment. But, you know, it's all dollars and cents, and that's uh, that's how the decisions are made uh, in the corporate world these days. Yeah, Twins Brewers starting tonight. I guess I want to focus one thing on Sunday because it was talked about. It was almost like – the uh, weird water cooler reaction that we have after a Sunday Vikings game. And it was 
Tony Diaz sending the guy home from uh, sending uh, uh, Adrianza f- home from third on that play with one out, and I was really shaking my head on that. What's the follow been in the past forty eight hours? Well, there hasn't been because the Twins had uh, yesterday off, and uh, of course, the next time that situation arises, Tony uh, will be um, you know in the spotlight again. To me, uh, that's a good call with two outs. But with one out, just imagine with runners at second and third in a tie game, uh, you had two at-bats, and you would have had, at least in the first at-bat, the Indians would have been forced to bring the infield in and the outfield in. So with one out, I I wasn't too fond of that call. Uh, With two outs, I I could justify it. But it would have been a completely different world uh, if there were one out and runners at second and third. Yeah, and I said that too. I think Jonathan Scope needed that opportunity. I just if he could get out of a slump by hitting a fly ball to win a game, <laughs> mentally that can do a lot for a guy. Well, and then as I think you saw for fans who watched the game, not that he would have gotten the same pitch and done the same thing with it, but he ended up hitting a chopper near the third base bag, and if the infield's in, that might very well have gone over Ramirez's head. Twins would have won the game, and people wouldn't have thought anything of it, but as it worked out, the Twins didn't get the winning run in in the bottom of the ninth, and then uh, you know Santana hits the grand slam, and there you go. So you know these things uh, cycle around in terms of close ball games and tough losses, and the Twins have had I think more than their share since the All Star break. Uh, but those things can turn around too uh, very quickly, and we'll see if that turnaround occurs on this road trip. I mentioned Scope, and it's just amazing. And you brought up his name early on when he first was starting making noise, and I think. During the broadcast, you pointed out Luis Arise, he's just a special player, and I don't even know how to describe it or even have some definition to it. Well, he fits perfectly into a team that has nobody like him, if that makes any sense. This is a power-laden team, and in Jonathan Scope, they've got a another power-hitting infielder. But in reality, Arise might be a better fit uh, simply because he's an on-base machine. And and one thing that has really been impressive to me about him, the at-bats are good throughout, but they seem to get better late in close ball games, And that is really remarkable for a 22-year-old young man who still hasn't, you know, had 300 at-bats in the big leagues. Uh, It just seems like if there's a runner on or if it's a one-run game and it's late in the game and they need a leadoff base runner, the at-bats get better. And that is a really extraordinary trait to have, and he seems to have it. Yeah, you know he's frustrating pitchers, right? I mean, guys like that who just fall off and fall off, and there have been a handful of guys like that. I thought Robbie Grossman was a little bit like that, too, just a tough out. And, man, as a rookie, he's one of the toughest outs in this lineup. Yeah, and I think he frustrated the Cleveland pitcher on, was it Saturday or Friday night? Uh, He took a pitch down and away and then shook his head, no, 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 and the next three were up and in, and there was some thought that he was – being targeted by the pitcher for showboating a little bit. And I don't think that's his nature. I just think he's a very exuberant, animated player. And he very, very quickly has become a fan favorite. Yeah, I don't think he's showboating. I think he's just talking to his inner – it's like he's talking to himself in an inner sports psyche. Am I wrong? I mean, that's what it looks like to me. Yeah, and he he just probably has the the, the best percentage of uh, solid contact on the team since his call-up. Uh, he's, and you know, when we first heard of him winning batting titles in the minor leagues, we imagined some willowy, you know, slap hitting guy, but he, he's, he's got some thickness to him. And I, and I think 
over time, he's going to develop some power. He's got roughly the same frame as Jose Ramirez of the uh, Indians. But right now, I think he's the perfect guy, and I think you've seen it in the lineups. They've, they've, they've got to find a way to put him in the lineup because uh, he really kind of energizes everybody. He gets on base, and I'm not sure that um, eventually he's not going to work his way up into the uh, first or second spot of the batting order. I hope uh, tonight it starts off with Eddie Rosario and Polanco kind of getting back in their groove, especially with Cruz and Buxton out. They they kind of need to step up right now, don't they? Yeah, and I think we've seen that from Eddie. I think he's he's doing fine. Uh, the thing to keep in mind, and, and there isn't anything anybody can do about it, but you got to remember last year, Jorge Polanco only played half a season because of the suspension. So I, I think there's going to be some times where it looks like he's not tired so much physically, but the mental grind that he wasn't able to experience last year, uh, I think that's going to be worth watching. And I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, that if because of that, he gets a little more time off here occasionally in the final uh, you know, seven weeks of the season. Hey, I mentioned before how a rise in Polanco, it looks like, you know, they signed Polanco in the off season to an extension. You have Royce Lewis, you know, sitting down there making the move up to double A now, the former first round draft pick and a, a rise. I guess it's always good to have that strength in the middle infield, but that's going to be an interesting story to watch here down the road. Cause you got to think that Lewis is wants to explode here on the scene as soon as possible. Yeah. I think that a rise is probably penciled in as being the starting second baseman next year. And you've got Polanco, who you've committed to long-term. Uh, Lewis has had kind of a – Royce Lewis has had kind of a disappointing year in the minor leagues, but the ceiling is still very high for him. So we'll uh, wait and see how this all uh, unfolds next year and beyond. But in the short term, the Twins uh, pretty well set in the middle infield. Jonathan Scope uh, provides some pop if the Twins feel they need that. Uh, let's hope with Nelson Cruz hopefully coming back that uh, they may not feel like they need to – have uh, too much power in the lineup. One thing I think we can be assured of at this point, Luis Arise is going to get an awful lot of at-bats between now and the end of the season. Yeah, you bet. Well, it all starts tonight. Hopefully the offense can uh, start exploding as they did early on this season. And, and Perez gets back to where he was early on. Again, uh, 6.30 is the pregame show here. And I know you'll be cranking things also up on the TV side. Dick, thanks so much for being with us as always here on the Twins Wrap. You got it, Derek. Dick Bramer again with the Twins Wrap. Each and every Tuesday starts at 5.45 during the Drive Time News Hour with Jack Sunday. And, of course, it's a later game than we uh, do part two during Couch Potato Radio here on KFGO. As I mentioned, the pregame show with Corey Provis and Dan Gladden. Actually, I think I heard that he was going to be out. So Chris Atterbury is going to be along for the ride as well, kicking off the uh, pregame show. 6.30, 7.10 is the first pitch. Twins at Brewers, a full show tomorrow night. We'll wrap up this series, this two-game series against the Brewers tomorrow night, 6 until 8. Also preview the Vikings and Seahawks and much, much more. That's all coming up tomorrow night. Thanks so much for being with us. Couch Potato Radio, Derek Hansen with you on the Mighty 790 KFG. On the Mighty 790 KFG.